Hello and welcome to Money Talks with Luke and District Credit Union. My name is Paula Maguire and I'm the CEO here at the Credit Union. I'm joined today by Paul Walsh, who's the spokesperson for People Insurance. You're very welcome, Paul. Hi, Paula. How are you? People Insurance is just an online quote engine for home, motor and travel insurance. It's both online and telephony. Oh, uh, very good. And we work with great credit unions. But we, uh, and of course, behind King Mutual, we, we support the, the life of members here at Lucan and District Credit Union. So proud to be with you today. Yeah, and I'm thank delighted you. to have you. And you also, I believe, have a slot on Sunshine Radio, Paul, that people can listen to you. Oh, absolutely. For all of those who love their easy listening on Saturday mornings, um, once a month, you can hear me give you advice on how to save money on your uh, general insurance, home, motor and travel. Oh, that's great, Paul. And actually, that's the reason we have you here today, because, you know, we want to run through and so that the listeners here will be able to get some tips on how to get the best out of their home, motor and travel insurance. So, you know, this episode, we're going to focus only on that general insurance. So um, I suppose we'll kick off with motor. Well, motor insurance, Paul, that's one of the things that we, for every one of us that drive, we have to do it. It's one of the things we all hate doing and let's be honest it we find it a difficult process because most people when we ask them they say insurers ask questions which are there to trip you up mm-hmm. so i thought we'll take a few moments if that's okay with you and demystify the world of how motor insurance works and then how to save money on it oh please do well when we when we ask questions on motor insurance they read they really only fall into three areas you're asked questions about you then questions about your car um, and then lastly, questions about how you use and where you store your car. And I know it sounds like, wow, they ask me 40, 50 questions. They do, but they all break into those areas. So when we talk through the big drivers of where the costs are, and knowing this then helps you uh, better answer that question and answer it in a way that minimizes the cost of your insurance. So the, when we look at the big drivers, they ask questions about you. So you know, do you have any no claims discount? And always make sure you use the full value of that. And that each year when you get your renewal, there'll be a schedule at the back and that will give you all of that information. They'll ask you about how long you're driving. They'll ask you also about additional drivers. Now that is key. When they ask about you and your driving experience, do you have use of a second, a second car? Believe it or not, you having access to a second car and also putting another person on your car actually can reduce the cost by 15%. Oh, I didn't realise that. Yes. So that's, clear, that's, that's kind of bizarre. I know. It sounds illogical. It sounds counterintuitive, doesn't it? But actually having use of a second car or actually allowing someone else to drive your car over time, what they've realized is that actually cuts down on accidents at night time. If you're tired, it's okay to have somebody else drive your oh, car. Okay, I wondered what the logic behind that was. Yeah, and if you go out for dinner and you have a glass of wine, then it's easy to have your partner drive the car home. And the entire idea of this is reducing risk. So over time, experience has shown insurers that actually makes sense. So do try it with the second driver. If it doesn't make sense and you don't want it, and it's, um, you can always take it back off again. But it is worth putting it on because in most cases, it'll reduce the cost by nearly 15%. Wow, that is a significant saving. And the other one are penalty points. And that's a really, that's a key one. Some people will remember getting penalty points because it'll be a shock to them. But also remember, they do roll off over time. So you don't, you won't always have these penalty points. Important just to make sure that you've actually... update your insurance, yeah, once the points are lifted. Take them off, yeah. Yeah. When they're gone, it will reduce the cost. 
The second thing then is around cars. Now, for many of us, when we started driving, we also we intuitively knew get a low CC car. And believe it or not, that's still the fact today. The lower the, the size of the engine, the cheaper the insurance. It really is as straightforward, as straightforward and logical as that. Well, that makes sense. And how does electric vehicles fit into that? Well, I'm glad the CC doesn't apply there, does it? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Interestingly, for a very different reason, PHEVs, uh, hybrids and electrics are cheaper than a petrol or diesel car. And, what, and this is uh, some information we published in the Irish Times uh, earlier in the month. And this is from a survey we've done ourselves looking at the cost of different types of cars. And what we've realized is that there's greater level of competition from the insurers for people with electric vehicles. So they're, they're trying to prove their environmental credentials. Yes. They're lowering the cost of cover for people with those types of cars. The greater the number of insurers looking for your business, the lower the cost. So there's more competition for your business, Paul. Very good. The age of your car becomes important. As your car gets older, they're going to think your car is depleting in terms of its quality, its safety and its maintenance any amends that you've made to the car. And some people will have added bits and pieces or changed the engine. All of those drive up the cost mm. of your car. So that's why they ask you those questions. And even with, a, with an NCT, having an up-to-date NCT, not impact on that, no? Having an updated NCT is important. Um, in fact, actually, it's a, it's a requirement for your yeah. uh, car insurance. And if you don't have it, you can actually cause problems with your car insurance. Okay. So you are required to have it regardless of the age of the car. But they will... Uh, even though you think the car is older and the value will drop, there comes a point whereby the price will increase again. So once you go beyond that okay. 10 yeah. or 12 years, expect to see the curve increase again. It's a bit of a paradox, isn't it? And that's because they're worried, they're more concerned about people driving very old cars on right. the road. Yeah. Okay. Then the, the last thing they're going to ask you questions about, basically how you use the car. Now, we when one of the big questions were asked, and to both you and I and many of the listeners today, we're asked for mileage. And of course, what's the first thing you do? You look at the clock on the car. Mm -hmm. That's in kilometres, Paula. Yes. That's not miles. The question is miles. No, why, have, why haven't they adapted that to kilometres at this I, point? Therein lies a, a big, long, a big, long question for many insurers. But the, norm, the question is still mileage. And we keep reminding people, if you read it off the clock on the car, unless it's a UK car, if it's an, if it's an Irish car, then that will be in kilometres and converted back. This is really important. We tend to round up. And in many ways, we do these simple things when we're getting our insurance. We, we say, oh, I'm driving about 10,000 miles or about 20,000 miles. We tend to round up to be on the safe side. But 9,999 miles a year is about 10% cheaper than 10,000 miles. Really? So something people definitely don't think about. I know, and insurers tend to cluster things and they mm -hmm. use bands. And if you move by one mile into the next band, expect about 10% increase on your wow. insurance. So if you're only doing a small bit of mileage, and there'll be many people listening today um, who pick up the car on Sunday, drive down to Mass, drive back, and that's it. Yes. And therefore, many of the listeners who use the car for limited purposes should actually just have a look at that clock and actually keep a limit on uh, tell the insurer that they are using the car for limited mileage yes and the price will definitely come down where you park the car if you park it on the drive-in rather than on the road expect to see the price come down because they've seen over time cars are more cars are burgled on the street or the windows are broken if parked yes. on the street than actually in your drive-in and 
The last thing is the type of policy, particularly if you're a young driver or your parents getting the kids to drive for the first time. Yes. Only get the cover that you need. We're used to buying fully comprehensive over time as we got a little bit older, but that isn't necessarily right in many cases. For many people, third-party foreign theft is perfectly fine for, for their use. Right. If The fully comp really is only to cover the damage to your own car in the event of an accident. Precisely. And for most people, the car is quite old. It's sitting in the drive-in. They're driving up and down to the shops or to mass. And very little is ever going to happen to the car. Um, yes. Third-party foreign theft covers any damage you cause by in an accident to anybody else or to any other person's car. And you probably wouldn't get much back from off the insurance for that car anyway because the insurance company will only pay out whatever the car is worth on the day of the accident and no more. That's it. And so they will look at what they call the, the market value and a market value for a car that's 12, 15 years old. Expect that in the two to 3,000 range, I'd say, at this stage. At the most, I'd say. So so how to save money? So the quick tips that we found is, again, I talked, I talked about mileage. State the correct mileage and keep it well within the safety limits. Yes. A surprising one, add the second driver. We're checking it. Add the second driver and see That's if you can get the tip, price down yeah. by 15%. Yeah. The third one, and this will surprise many of you, and I know you're looking at me, Paula, your occupation. Oh, yes. Okay. Interestingly... Insurers classify occupations in multiple ways. So many people listening today may say, I'm a teacher. A teacher pays more than an educational worker, believe it or not. That's, that's bizarre. It is for many insurers. Yeah. They've obviously got experience with people classifying themselves as teachers with slightly higher claims. And so educational workers rather than teachers, for some of our insurers, reduces the cost. So what we do at the people is we get about 19 quotes for every individual risk. And yes. we're able to understand which insurers want to quote which type of risk. And so from time to time, we'll ask people to redefine and see if there's other ways to, to describe their occupation. Yes. All are honest, all are upfront and all are correct. But by changing the way you classify your occupation, you can reduce your cover. We had somebody recently who was a student, but also a part-time worker. And we said, well, how do you describe yourself? And they said, well, I'm a sometimes student, sometimes I, I, I'm, I'm a baker. Well, a baker is a heck of a lot cheaper. It's about 20% cheaper than a student to drive a car. Okay, so it's very important people pay attention to that. And also take your time with your insurer. We tend to rush through it because we don't like the process. But do take your time and actually make sure you're answer, answering the questions as fully as you can. But also ask the insurer, your partner, whether it's a broker like yourselves, working with credit unions or anybody else to actually work through different options for you. There's some very good tips, Paul. And well, surprising. I didn't realise the one about the occupation. There you um, go. You'll be checking that one out yourself. The second driver, absolutely. I, I certainly will be thinking about that when I'm, I'm getting my next quote. And I suppose we'll move on now to house insurance, which is a bit of a bone of contention because I know my quote went up significantly this year. Why would, are the quotes going up? Okay, so the, um, and because this is the straight-firing podcast, we will always answer these questions directly. Your rate went up at the beginning of 2023, and all rates went up in 2023 to do with mandatory indexation of your home rebuilding value. And what's my home rebuild that's, that's value? That's a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> yes. So put it simply, for many, many years, in fact, for the last number of decades, your home insurers, your home insurer has been happy to allow you to describe the value of your home for rebuilding purposes. Right. Many of us 
and in fact I would say the vast majority of people listening today think that if their home burns down god forbid that the insurer will repay to have my home rebuilt mm -hmm. that isn't the case I'm sorry to say they will pay the percentage they will pay to the value that you've insured your house but if they feel you've underinsured your house they will reduce the cost of that claim oh so something for people to consider so what's happened in the past three years alone value of materials used to fix a house or rebuild a house they've gone up Paula by nearly 30 percent yes During I, I did have some work done there last year on my own home and I, I understand that costs of everything have gone through the roof okay. The second thing is during COVID, many of us made some improvements to our home, to our kitchen, because we were there all the time, to the attic conversion. We converted one room into an office so that we can work from home on a hybrid basis. That may have been the attic. And all of these increase the value of your home. So your rebuild value, to put it simply, if I pick up your house in one hand and turn it upside down and shake it, everything that doesn't fall out is your rebuild. So that does mean your kitchen. Oh, that's that means interesting. I thought that would have gone into contents. No, that, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah. So your fridge will fall out, but not your counters and not the new kitchen and not all of that great work that many people did during um, lockdown. Yes. So that's what your rebuild is. Very easy, easy to check the value of your home. Uh, there's a great website called Chartered Surveyors Ireland. So you put in your location, the type of house, and that will give you the cost of what it would take to rebuild your home. And that's a really good metric. So just to be clear for the listeners, the cost of rebuilding your home is not the same thing as the market value were you to sell your house tomorrow. Fantastic. That's a, that's a much better way to put it, Paula. Um, it is the physical cost to rebuild your house. And that is totally delinked to the market value of your house. Yes. They're two very different things. So you things. shouldn't be insuring the market value of your house. You should be insuring the rebuilding cost of your house. Correct. Now, up until last year, as the, pro as the cost of rebuilding went up, the insurer didn't automatically increase the value of your policy. Yes. We now made that a rule in 2023. So the insurers couldn't ignore that and then underpay a claim when it comes about. Let me give you a simple example of how this came about. And we led that program ourselves. We, the credit union system, actually did ask the government to move in the central bank yes. to make a move on this. Autumn before last, I was standing in a credit union branch, not too dissimilar to here in Lucan, and there was a young gentleman applying for a €15,000 loan, um, I thought for education, back to school, and it was actually to repair his kitchen roof. Okay. His house, he thought, was fully insured. He had what's called water leakage from the, from the tiles, yes. seeped into the joists, and he needed to get the home, the, the roof, uh, parts of the roof replaced. Okay. The cost was €15,000. His home insurer... Uh, a major Irish brand uh, came out and they said, you're correct, it needs to be totally redone, but because you changed the attic and updated the kitchen, you've underinsured your house by a full third. So instead of giving you 15,000, we're only going to give you 10,000. Oh, wow. So when we did the cost of what they value, the difference in him, in him insuring the extra one third, it came out at 15 euros. So I'm not trying to get people to buy more and try to get you to buy more insurance, but getting that number right isn't going to cost you a lot of money. That isn't the big cost of your home insurance. It sounds like it's crucial. So so basically, Paul, the, the price of house insurance jumped dramatically, mainly because there was a fear out there that people were generally underinsuring their homes and that, God forbid, anything should happen to your home, people would only get a fraction of what they had insured for. 
the vast majority of homes in Ireland were underinsured. Yes. That's what the problem because was. The, yes, because the um, building costs and because the building costs had jumped so, so significantly. And building costs and the fact that we'd made home improvements during COVID. Yes. And those two things alone probably meant most of us were between a third and a half underinsured. And part of the move now is to make sure that we do that right. So your insurer can't ignore that in the future and pretend that there isn't a thing called uh, rebuilding cost inflation. So it wasn't just the cost of materials, but the cost of labor went up. Yes. And that's what they have to pay for. So now we're right sizing that. That's very good. And what's the the website again to check your valuation? ChartedSurveyorsIreland.ie. Okay. You can go on there and just put in some details about your house Absolutely. and then they'll come out with the, the value you should have insured. It's a free to use service. You click into it, you just input the details of your home and out comes the expected rebuild Excellent. value. Okay, well that sounds good. People generally don't know how to, to yeah. pitch that price for their home insurance. The other thing we tend to do, so over time we've underinsured the rebuilding value of our home. Remember that's the thing, if yeah. I turn your house upside down, it doesn't fall out. The contents are the things that fall out. We've overinsured our contents, we've underinsured the rebuild value. Well, I know I did because I just assumed the kitchen was included in the contents. Well, so there you have it. And the bathrooms, but there you go. Interestingly, and it's one of those great things that happens in many Irish families where yes. the television is this was the centerpiece. And, you know, if it was anything like my grandmother's television, it was shined, it was polished, it was... But the thing wasn't worth a penny. But yet, on her home insurance policy, that actually was one of the largest value items she had. So key thing on your home contents... Have a look at them again. Many of those electrical items are a lot cheaper than what you thought they are. Mm -hmm. The the second thing is when you're adding on an expensive item, like a ring, maybe an engagement ring, a wedding ring, or a family heirloom, there's two ways to do that. One is to add what's called a specified item. That's to tell the insurer what it is. Or the second is a process called all risks. Yes. Worth having a look at it both ways. Because if you've lots of specified items, all risks could actually work better. Yes. Okay, and that covers all of your items. So there's many ways we talked about doing motor insurance. Ask your insurer to check it both ways for you. Yes. Bear in mind on the standard 350, 400 euro policy, adding a specified item or all risks can add 80 to 100 euros on top of that. So these are pretty chunky costs. Yes, it would be on a total policy cost, yeah. You're absolutely right. So we would say, Check them. Check out both options. You usually don't need both. Yes. You need one or the other. Some people make the mistake of actually doing both. You're double insuring the same contents. Yeah. So all risks should cover yeah. everything. Um, key things uh, to save money on your home insurance. Do make sure that you've got smoke alarms in place. Do actually, if you can, and they're fairly low cost now, yes. upgrade your alarm. Yes. You're getting 10% to 15% discount for a, an approved alarm or monitor alarm and this becomes really important going forward Paula because more of the new insurers in the market yes. and new capacity they're actually only insuring people with monitored alarms interesting so remember what I said the more people that are competing for your business the lower the cost yes. so you want more of these insurers wanting your business if you have a monitored alarm you have the proper locks the proper smoke alarms and a good no claims discount that's going to help you yes now there's things you can't control on your home insurance which is your location and that's I, one I know of the big a lot of people have issues you know particularly if they're living in a flood prone area that would definitely impact on their insurance yeah and your location two main factors come into play on the cost of your home insurance mm-hmm. so your location your location is because of well, three real items flooding subsidence or the third one is theft 
Okay. Okay. And the insurers rate every single home in the country. There's 2.1 million air codes. And next to every single one of them, they have a probability of the house flooding or subsiding. Yes. And each of those carry a factor when it comes to your insurance. Okay. So unbeknownst to you, you could be putting in for a quote and they already have, they know a lot about your home. Long before you even do it. Yes. yes. And that's linked to the air code that your home is in. Okay. Of course, if you're buying a home, it works on the other side as well. You could phone up and try to get an insurance quote for a home that you're looking to buy and you can figure out what the likelihood of flooding there is. Yes. And so there are some of the interesting things that you find in time, the more we understand these items, which is what we're doing today, helping listeners understand what's driving the cost of it. So remember location, three things are being driven. Probability of flood, probability of subsidence, probability of theft. And as regards to theft, you know, you might live in an area or presumably where there's been a high level of claims for theft. What can we do to reduce the risk there? And that's where they will, the insurers now will look for your, your mortise locks, your window locks, your monitored alarm if you can get okay. one. Uh, and that is having a big difference of now. Of course, that's an additional cost. It is a it is in a cost of actually putting that up, not just to get it installed, but you usually have to pay uh, somewhere around 80 to 120 euros a year for the monitoring service. Actually, it's not as bad as I thought, 80 to 100. Yeah, most of them are in that price range. Most of the good ones are. I'm sure there's some people would like to charge you a lot more money for yes. them, but actually that's all a monitored system will okay. co- or should cost. Yeah. And they are actually going to help mitigate it. Um, unfortunately, there's not a lot you can do in terms of changing your location. But I, I would say on the theft one, don't be overly concerned because that number, that percentage does move. What we're finding was uh, with neighborhood watches, with a uh, greater level of CCTV, we're seeing crime overall reduce in the state, yes. not actually increase. And also on a particular street, the difference between being on the corner and being in the middle of the street can have a huge difference. So they have now tracked it down to the individual location so i'm sorry if you live on a street corner listening to this there's a higher level of incidents or damage on street corners than there are actually in the middle of the street well, that would make sense because the house is e- more easily accessible than mid terrace or a semi-detached house in the middle of a, a line of houses that's exactly what happens mm. paula and that's what drives claim statistics and they update their air code model with that information so saving money on your home insurance just like with your car insurance First things, please don't auto-renew your policy. The central bank published its own report a little over 18 months ago, and it said if you automatically renew your home your home insurance, you're paying with the same insurer, you're paying on average 15 to 20% more for it. If you did that on a motor insurance policy, you'd be paying 25% more. Wow. So don't you don't need to do that. If you get your policy renewal, do check out either with a a broker or even call the same insurer back if you don't want to do that and you're not comfortable and tell them you've got a better quote and see what they'll do for you. Generally, I know I've done that. They generally will knock a bit off it to try and make it a bit more competitive. And they're the big things. On your home insurance, as I said, the key things, do try upgrade that alarm system. That's going to reduce it. And the key thing, as I've said, to manage your costs. Don't underestimate the cost of rebuilding but don't overestimate the value of your contents. Okay, that's very useful information. Thanks, Paul. Um, I know uh, time is marching on. Just quickly touch on maybe travel insurance. Well, it's it's that time of year, Paula. A lot of people, it's January, they'll have the winter blues creeping in and they're going to be thinking of summer holidays. Key thing for you, first thing to note, 
as soon as you book your holiday, get your travel insurance. I'm not just saying that because we are in the insurance business. One in three travel claims occur for people who've never made it to their holiday. Oh. And so if you leave it till your last minute to get your travel insurance a week or two before your, your holiday, you've missed the value of your policy. A third of the value of the insurance that you've yes. bought takes place long before you ever went on your holidays. A third of claims are because of sickness on holidays. Yes. And the final third are the loss and the theft and those things. So two out of those three things really means you should be with a decent insurer. Now, if you've got a young family, my strong advice, annual multi-trips are really good value. Remember, yes. you don't pay for the children. For example, with, with our own cover of people insurance, I think it's up to five children that go free. Yes. And it's only the two adults that cost. And an average annual multi-trip policy for a family of two adults and four children for Europe, something around 60 euros a year. Yes. So it's I not... Know I, we do a policy here in the credit union as well, and it would be similar. The, the children go free. Excellent. And that's exactly it. And so take it out. If you're a family, get the annual multi-trip. Good advice. If you're, if you don't, if that doesn't suit you, if you, as soon as you book your holiday, book your travel insurance. And try use one of the, the more reputable yes. organizations like yourself or ourselves or one of the other major brands. Be, be careful of people who offer you travel insurance for nine or ten euros. You know, anything that looks too good to be true usually is. Yes. And for a holiday that's cost you not just a couple of hundred euros or a couple of thousand euros, it's all of the time and the and all of the mind space you've invested in it. So just to do the right thing, be safe and do that. Yeah. I know for, for myself, when I book travel insurance, generally I only take it out maybe the week before I'm due to fly out. But I understand your point, actually, and I, I never thought about that before. If You, you know, most people have booked their holidays maybe three or four months or more before they actually fly out. And the problem that you're saying is could arise, is you could get sick, you could break a leg, you suddenly can't go on your holiday, and if your insurance doesn't kick in until the week before you're due to go, you're not covered for well, cancellation fees or that. Well, absolutely. In fact, traditionally, January was the busiest time of the year for people booking holidays in Ireland, Paula. It's also the time where Aer Lingus have the big sale for yes. flights to the North Atlantic. So many people in Ireland would have booked their holidays out of flights now. God forbid something happens and that one of your party can't travel yes. uh, in July or August. And so the family holiday is wasted. And so that's why you book it now. By taking out the travel insurance now, it still covers the holiday, but actually it covers cancellation cover between now and the holiday. So that's really vital. And um, it goes to show you, it's one in three mm-hmm. claims happen for people who've never made it on their holiday. They're the actual stats. So that's pretty profound. Usually it's a family where one of the kids are sick or one of the parents or the grandparents who are part of the traveling party become ill. Yeah. That's, that's very good advice on the travel insurance. Just the website, Paul, for people insurance, it's people without the E on the end. It's peopl.ie for it. anybody looking to get a quote. Um, and also, of course, they're welcome to come into the credit union. We do um, home motor insurance and travel insurance here. So our contact number here would be 0818 297 007. Or, of course, you can go onto our website, www.lukeandcu.ie, for more information. And thank you very much, Paul, for joining us today. That was very, very interesting and great advice and tips in there that I wasn't aware of. But thanks, Paul, for having me. And, and to everyone here in Lucan and all around Liffey Valley, this is a fantastic credit union. This is one of the best credit unions in the country, oh. one of the most progressive. So do nice tune in for your loans. Thank you very here. much. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Paula.
This podcast was produced by Lucan District Credit Union. Lucan District Credit Union is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.